When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey there, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm Chris, and I've got Joe, and Paul makes his triumph for return this week. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Yay. We're here. Fantastic. Hey, this week, <laughs> we have been charged. We, we are power ranking things each week on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Um, hey, we're almost the end of the preseason. I mean, this show is released after the preseason has ended. But next week, we'll get to talking about the season itself. But for right now, let's talk about the top Steeler running backs of all time. Um, I'm going to start at number five with a guy that only played five years. But he had a magical 1992 season. 1,690 yards, 11 touchdowns, over 300 receiving yards, 2,000 yards from scrimmage, the great Barry Foster. Uh, what a just a, what a boost for the Steelers that year. Didn't have a franchise quarterback, had great defense, uh, used a lot more ball control. And, man, Barry Foster was all about ball control. He really helped the Steelers do well that season. Um, boy, other four seasons weren't as great for Barry. But based on that one 1992 year, Barry Foster's my guy at number five. Paul, what do you think? 
I, I love Barry Foster. Remember sitting in my college dorm, watching him carry the ball. Just you always had a good feeling when he was handed the ball. Uh, like you said, sixteen hundred ninety yards, single season record for the Steelers. Carried the ball three hundred ninety times that year. Um, yeah, it, it's a wish that could have been duplicated a couple times, but for that one glorious season, that was uh, just beautiful to watch. Loved him. Joe, what do you think of old Barry? Well, Barry was one of those guys who was uh, uh, a strong rusher for the Steelers in the couple of years before I really started to follow the Steelers. Um, I was uh, following other teams, but still uh, we were watching uh, with awe a great season in 92. Um, uh, otherwise, you know, uh, like like Paul was saying, would have wish we could have got a couple more seasons out of uh, a runner like that. Um, yeah, can you imagine? You know, the 390 carries that Foster had in '92. I did some math. Average of 24 carries per game. It was a different time back then. I mean, you don't see guys consistently getting a ton of carries. Again, with an average of 24 carries, he had more carries some games. He had maybe not as many, but, man, what a workhorse for that team that year. And you talk sometimes about how the Steelers, are they running the legs off of people? I don't know. Maybe that's what happened to Barry. I mean, with all those carries, maybe the production and the quality dropped off a little bit. But, man, for that one glorious year, what a back for the Steelers that Barry Foster was. Uh, let's also go to number four. Now, this is a guy that wasn't as defined by his overall 15-year career or anything, but there was a couple memorable moments, especially a 75-yard run in the Super Bowl to give the Steelers their fifth Super Bowl ring. Uh, we're going with Willie Parker. I, I think Willie Parker was that guy for the Steelers. They called him Fast Willie. A long touchdown run. I, I always remember his first game against Tennessee, over 150 yards rushing, when nobody knew how good he was going to be. Again, Willie didn't have a t- long career, but I thought he was good for the Steelers. Um, Paul, what do you think about Willie Parker at number four? Um, yeah, I, it, it, again, it was tough kind of figuring out where to put some of these guys, uh, but I think Willie's got to be on there. Um Shout out John Henry Johnson. I cast a vote for him. So I'm sure we'll get comments that he might need to be on the list. Uh, we, we talked about him. Uh, but Willie Parker, especially the 2006 season, uh, 337 rushes, 1,494 yards, 13 touchdowns, three straight years of over 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, you, you kind of forget those Willie Parker years. Uh, kind of have to remind myself uh, of that time. But he was uh, maybe he didn't have the spotlight at, at that point, but. He really uh, he did his job very well. And he helped put that Super Bowl game against Seattle away with that long run. Uh, yeah. Joe, Willie Parker. Well, he put away that one Super Bowl with the long run, like you, like you mentioned, but he actually uh, was part of two Super Bowl wins for the Steelers. And, you know, that's during this era, That's there's only so many of those to go around. So when you're talking about somebody who's contributing to two Super Bowl seasons – uh, then you've got to say, you know, Fast Willie Parker is really uh, a, a major contributor to those years. Maybe he wasn't the uh, the lone standout during his years because he overlapped with Jerome Bettis and he overlapped with Richard Mendenhall 
Um, but he was a, a strong contributor on a in a two back system with two other really great backs. Um, so yeah, he was the bridge over a really good uh, chunk of time for the the recent Steelers great seasons. Let me throw us out here and thinking about Willie Parker. So far, we've talked about two guys in Barry Foster and Willie Parker. They didn't have long careers. Um, I agree. Willie Parker, number four. I mean, three straight thousand yard rushing seasons. That helped. But you look at those carries, man, over 300 carries a year. And, and I know they played that different time in the NFL. I know we're throwing the ball a little bit more. We're talking about quarterbacks here in the NFL. Uh, quarterbacks that throw. Um, if I was a offensive coordinator, I'm throwing the ball more uh, instead of running the ball. I'm wondering, though, did those 300-plus carries, did that make Willie career, Parker's career shorter? Did that make Barry Foster's career shorter? It's a tough uh, I think position. That's... that's a tough position to be in. Yes, it's difficult to pick up the ball that number of times. There's a reason why these guys don't have really, really long careers, and the people who really figure out a way to do it as a running back and have long careers – uh, you know, you're talking guys who are probably hitting the outside a lot more, people who are doubling up and doing a lot more receptions. But these are Steeler football running backs, and so they don't have long shelf life for <laughs> for uh, for the most part. Uh, they are the people who take the the a lot of strong hits and running up the middle. And I think this is the the debate we've had as Steeler Nation when the prospect of drafting Najee Harris in the first round. And obviously the Steelers did, and I'm happy for that. But that's that's part of the concern is exactly how long is his productive career going to be? And is it worth that first pick? So, yeah, it's uh, for how much these guys are run, uh, it's a legitimate, I think, a legitimate issue. They take a beating. Well, and that's a concern that people have about the Steelers and Najee Harris. Um I think as fans, uh, there's a lot of excitement about, hey, Najee's going to get the rock. He's going to get the ball. And it could mean a big season for Najee. But at the same time, are you running his legs off, you, you know, as coaches? And, you know, that's a concern. I, I see even with Najee's agent, I mean, you know, I would bet you if Najee had like that Barry Foster season or the Willie Parker season we talked about, he may want to renegotiate the contract because again, they're getting him on that cheap deal. So yeah. This is also why it's extra important for us to have a strong running back room, you know, and not just uh, to just have that one featured back and have put everything on top of Najee's shoulders and said, hey, man, let's go and let's get everything, just one guy. Uh, this is why Balazs is important. This is why Snell is important. We got to have these uh, a, a, a wider range of people who we can put the weight on uh, and not just have a first-year back who's going to try to carry it all and we're going to burn him out. Like great running backs like Parker – like Foster, they're not going to be able to have longevity. Uh, and so that's important moving forward for Pittsburgh. Very good thoughts. And let's talk about probably the most controversial guy on this list. Number three. Oh, I hate to say the great Le'Veon Bell because well, I mean, you don't have to. You have you just right. say great in front of everybody's name, and that's yes, not... <laughs> yes. 
Well, Le'Veon Bell. The Le'Veon Bell. Or a Le'Veon Bell. Maybe there's other Le'Veon Bells out there. I don't know. As Steelers fans, it's hard to really, uh, you know, Le'Veon had that career. I mean, good night. It's probably shaping the same career as a Barry Foster, Willie Parker. I mean, Le'Veon started his career like gang gangbusters. You know, lots of runs, lots of receptions, put together a bunch of solid years. Uh, he got that contract here. He gambled. You know, he said, hey, I don't want them to run my legs off, so I'm going to hold out for a year. So he holds out. He leaves the Steelers. You know, they really didn't have him for that last year at all. And you've seen that after Le'Veon left, you know, really hasn't done much with the Jets and the Chiefs. But, again, I go back to that time with the Steelers, and he produced. I'm Now, there's some thoughts saying, could he have produced more? Um, I know people were concerned that uh, there were a couple of years he got injured near the playoff time. And I bet you if Le'Veon was on our podcast, and Le'Veon would say, hey, I, I carried it too much. They tired me out. You know, I, I got injured in the end of the season. So I know there's some questions we could raise about, A, how Le'Veon left the Steelers, and B, maybe some of his injury issues he had near the end of the season. But, again, when we're looking at the complexity of Steelers running backs for the years, he put together some really great years for the Steelers. And I think you always think about, man, what could have been for Le'Veon Bell. But I choose to look at what he did. And he's definitely number three behind their top two because he didn't have as complete of a career as these top two guys. But I'm comfortable with him at number three. Paul, your thoughts about Le'Veon? You know, I really didn't want to put him on the list. But as I looked at what they produced, um, his best year was 2014, uh, 290 carries, which is 100 less than Foster had in 92. Uh, 1,300 yards, so he never had the single season that Foster had, never had the single season Parker had. Um, For me, the reason I guess he has to be number three is because in that 2014 season, he also put together 850 receiving yards. I think that distinguished him enough to say, yeah, he, he deserves to be ahead of the other two guys as much as I don't want to concede that. I think it's that dual threat that puts him at this high on the list. Joe, before I get to you, I was thinking about that contract. He held out that last year for the contract. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he got money from the Jets. But just think if he would play for the Steelers for a year, had never season that, like Paul described Maybe the Jets still would give him more money, but he wouldn't have lost money by not playing for the Steelers. I mean, I think he could have gotten his money by having that final good year. And I think he wore out his welcome, not only with the Steelers, but with the NFL. And, you know, looking back at it, I bet he would have tried to do it differently if he could. Uh, your thoughts are all about Levy. Well, I have a lot of thoughts, and most of them are are, uh, are, are, are not uh, being thrilled with him. Uh, the contract thing, I think, is was really hurt. I think the Steelers overall, I think that was the beginning of an unraveling of a lot of things that had been going well, and maybe there were some things that are going on behind the scenes that weren't uh, as rosy as they might have looked, um, you know, as they could have been. <clears throat> but uh, at the same time, 
it was difficult to keep him off of this list because uh, he was putting together so many great seasons. The combination of him as a running back and as the 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 guy who was splitting out to the outside and being able to pick up yardage as a receiver as well, the combination of things that he was able to bring, I think some of those numbers are even boosted by uh, the great play that was going on on the outside by other players that I don't I'm not a particular fan of anymore. AB, uh, <laughs> you know, all of these things get amplified when you look at the whole killer bees era of Steeler football there was so many good positive things going on it only highlights my feelings about running backs and and uh, teams overall who have really good offensive lines they're able to do really great things and it keeps getting underscored and underlined every time a great running back leaves a team where they're doing well goes to someone else to get more money and their their numbers just tank at that point so uh that just gets underscored there i got some other thoughts about uh about about Le'Veon bell as well but and we've got time to address those after our right. break. But, hey, let's go to our break. Um, again, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're going to break. Hang on with us, and we'll be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back, Steeler fans, to the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. We are ranking the top running backs of all time for the Steelers. So far, we got Barry Foster at number five, Willie Parker at number four, and we're talking about Le'Veon Bell. And if you've listened to the show at all or the show we did last year uh, about the Steelers, Joe's got thoughts on Le'Veon Bell. So, uh, Joe, finish your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell. still have thoughts. Exactly. So we were talking a little about individual seasons. We were talking about these years where he was getting a lot of touches and uh, putting up a lot of uh, uh, yards from scrimmage from both as a, as a running back and as a receiver. Um, even in the year after he left uh, Pittsburgh, that was after the contract track dispute year, uh, and he went off – his numbers necess didn't necessarily completely fall in the toilet at that point. It's that he was then playing for the Jets. So they had kind of fallen into the toilet metaphorically. That was not a good season for the, for the New York Jets. So he's really throwing some of those numbers that he's getting that year and his combination efforts uh, just kind of into the wind. Um, they were not on a team that were doing all of the things around him 
uh, like the, the, the stronger offensive line play, the being able to stretch the field a little bit with receivers and a quality quarterback, uh, a, a running back like Le'Veon Bell going off to another team where they don't have a whole lot of other weapons like him, he can't carry the whole team on his back. And I don't think he should have to. I think it would have been nice for him to stay in Pittsburgh and to continue to be a piece of something that was growing and continuing to get stronger instead of going off after the money. I know he was worried about the number of touches, but I don't I don't know. Just seems like you'd rather be on a team that's winning than not. And for the record, as of today, for the record, he is not even in a discussion for the Hall of Fame. There's no way. No. Uh, I'll go out on a limb on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. it could be a thick limb, but. <laughs> <laughs> How many productive years did he have, guys? Uh, we're looking at uh, the really good productive years, about four, with one year being injury uh, shortened. But right. things were going well, but he got injured, so then that kind of cut those numbers that year. But otherwise, you're looking at four years where his worst year was 1,200 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, I can't say with a straight face that Le'Veon Bell is a Hall of Famer. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, to see in terms of Hall of Fame, how are they going to judge running backs in the future? Because I think running backs in this era – don't have the shelf life that running backs in past eras had. Now, that doesn't mean you say, hey, if you have one good year, you're in the Hall of Fame. But then on the other hand, like you think about, you know, man, it used to be like, what, 12,000 yards was a consistent Hall of Fame running back. I'm not sure how many of those you're going to see from now on. I, I mean, it's possible, but I think you're going to see fewer and fewer guys even hit that 10, 11, 12,000 mark. I mean, it's going to be hard in the future, I think. But, yeah, but I have a hard time really seriously arguing that Le'Veon Bell is a Hall of Famer. Now, unless he can turn his career around. Unless he finds a place where he's going to be able to uh, get a little bit of the magic back that he used to have. Well, if you think about that, he ended up the season last year with Kansas City. And, you know, um, Hilaire, their their top running back there, um, you know, he was hurt and they were looking for a guy that could help spell him. And, you know, he didn't play that much and let known. I don't like Andy Reid and everything. And I mean, I'm not a huge Kansas City fan either, but when you can't play with the AFC champions, I mean, you know, that doesn't give you, you know, I mean, it doesn't give too much confidence to other teams to pick him up and say, Hey, you can play a lot for us. Yeah, you start to have a little bit of a PR problem when you've worked at three different teams and you have nothing good to say about any place that you've ever been. Right, right. That's not great. That's not a good look. Right. Yeah, so Le'Veon Bell, number three. Let's go to number two. And maybe Le'Veon would have taken him over if Le'Veon would have stayed with Pittsburgh and did well. He didn't. Uh, but the legendary Jerome Bus Bettis uh, comes in at number two on our list. You know, had productive years for the Steelers, um, a lot of productive years. And if you just look, I mean, I always go back to what was their role on the Super Bowl. Just because you're on a Super Bowl doesn't mean you're at the top of the list. But man, Bus helped the team get there. Yeah, um, I, I think back that year they played the Bears, and that magical moment where he ran over Brian Urlacher to start that streak to get the uh, Steelers where they needed to be. 
Um, you know, so he had thousand yard games. He had those magical moments. Uh, we talked a lot last week um, about the moment where um, he fumbled the ball against the Colts, and you know Ben had the amazing play to tackle him to leave the Steelers in the game. Uh, it was great to see that Buss's career did not end on that fumble, and it was great to see he won the Super Bowl and he retired. What way of going out? Um, I think Buss is well deserving of number two. Um, Paul, I'll start with you. What do you think about uh, Jerome Buss Bess? I I adore Buss. <laughs> I, I love him. I in my heart I would rank him number one, but I just statistically had to put him number two. But um, yeah, uh, again, with the Steelers, not counting his time with the Rams, but six straight years of over a thousand yards rushing. Uh, 97 season, 375 carries, 1665 yards. So he almost got that Barry Foster 92 season. That's how dominant he was. Uh, and he was one of those guys, if it's third and one, you, you didn't panic. I mean, you had this behemoth standing in the backfield. 9.9 um, .9 times out of 10, you know he's getting that yard. Um, so, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about Buss and what he did here. Paul, your thoughts about uh, the bus? I just gave him. I mean, Joe. Joe. <laughs> That's really right. Yeah, yeah. Do I get to talk to Paul? Give us more thoughts. Those Give are really good. You just keep giving us some more thoughts. No, absolutely. I, uh, you know, the bus is one of the reasons that I became a Steelers fan. Um, that style of play, the hard-nosed, grind it out, get those last couple of yards type of play. Um, yeah, he had those big years, especially when he was a little bit younger. Uh, he had those big years. We're talking about thousand yard seasons and that's, that's phenomenal. This is the, he has all of the numbers that you run down the list and you say, yeah, this guy's a hall of famer and that's where he went. But his heart that he brought to the team, his leadership, uh, those intangibles are things that, uh, are defining for the era in which he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's what you look for in having, just that great figure to be on your team. Jerome Bettis is the kind of guy that you want to have. I look back at the trade because I remember uh, he started his career for Rams before the Steelers traded for him. Um, the trade was Jerome Bettis and the Rams third round pick in 96. So the Steelers got picked too. And all they had to do is give up their second round pick in 96 and the fourth-round pick in the 97 draft. So, wow, what a deal. I think that was at a time where they were moving, right? They moved yeah. to St. Louis, and so they were just in a whole rebuilding mode uh, and you know, kind of having a bit of a fire sale just to try to uh, gamble on their future a little bit more than their present. And man, that was such a huge payoff for Pittsburgh. And you think about how a trade can – Change the team. Um, the Rams that year were infatuated with uh, Lawrence Phillips, who was a highly talented running back from Nebraska. Uh, Phillips got in trouble in the NFL. Phillips definitely didn't meet any of his um, the hopes that the Rams have for him. And you traded a guy that just amassed thousand yard rushing season for the Steelers. So, what steal the Steelers got that year? And I'll tell you, who, who needs the icky shuffle? There's nothing better than Bettis getting a first down and seeing that 
high leg kick swagger strut thing that he did. Thing of well, it, was, it was that whole era of uh, both he and Heinz Ward um, had that mentality of, yeah, you're going to tackle me. That's fine. That's your job. But <laughs> Heinz Ward was going to get up and smile in your face. Jerome Bettis, his goal was to be the first one up. Uh, you can <laughs> yep. knock me down. Three guys can tackle me, but I'm going to be the first one standing after that uh, that car crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that would just psychologically get into the heads of the defenders. Like, I've hit that guy with everything I've got. And he still jumps up and is hopping and is excited about that two yards he just got. Uh, and it just wears on you over the course of a game, and that's that's that style of play that I've always loved. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's he's one of those embodiments of Pittsburgh Steeler football. <laughs> yeah, and before we get to number one, you know, it's interesting. You look at Najee Harris, who's supposed to be the next great one for the Steelers. Man, if he puts one, two good seasons for the Steelers. He's probably right at that Barry Foster, Willie Parker. Level. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, um, you know, some of the other guys that were mentioned, you think of guys like John Henry Johnson. Um, you know, he had some stats for the Steelers. But when you look at it, it didn't really translate championships. Um, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, the other guy that I could think that you might mention in the top five would be a guy like Rocky Blyer. But – you know, Rocky was in Vietnam. That kind of shortchanged his career. And I don't know if I would rank Rocky Blyer ahead of Barry Foster, to be honest with you. And I know other factors played a role uh, looking at his outstanding service, you know, for, you know, the U.S. and Vietnam. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure who else you could put on this list. So I had I had Rashad Mendenhall on mine, but uh... – but again, that was that period where you had a couple of overlapping guys, and I think Parker contributing to two uh, uh, Super Bowls probably edged him out for me. I look fondly at Richard Mendehall, like a nice 50 yard run to beat the Falcons in an overtime game. But then I look at Mendehall having a key fumble in the uh, game where the Sewers lost to the Packers. I'm like, ah, I don't think Mendehall should make my list. So. One fumble, come on. Well, Super but anyway, Bowl. we but we got a we got a number one guy to talk about here. Yes, and number one, uh, Franco Harris. Now, hey, Franco, great stats of his career. Um, I hate to say, I when I first started liking football when I was a little tyke, I, I was watching Franco near the end of his career, which you know. Like we all, it, it wasn't as great as during his career. But from watching highlight videos and everything, you know, at that time, you needed a franchise running back. And there you go. Frank Harris was that guy for the Steelers. Um, you know, Paul, your thoughts on Franco? Yeah, I mean, he, he never had the single season like – Bus had the you know, the ninety seven season. Foster had that ninety two season. He never had that one just standout season, but he was consistently excellent for years. Um, eight seasons over a thousand yards, one hundred sixty five games, just short of twelve thousand yards, ninety one touchdowns. Um, it's hard to argue against him being number one. 
Joe, your thoughts on Franco Harris being number that one? long term consistency is really something that uh, is enviable. Uh, I think uh, if push comes to shove, I think I would uh, personally, I would swap a guy who's going to have a consistently thousand yard season over the long period in which uh, Franco Harris did uh, uh, for a one, a one season wonder. That's, that's me. Um, uh, and also just going back and looking at the years in which he was, he was that consistent were years that don't put up the kind of numbers that they put up now. So they're not, what's not a one-to-one comparison either because uh, he's running in an era where football was a very different game. Uh, so it's even more impressive that he was able to put that many great thousand yard seasons together. Uh, he's just all time. If we could have another one of those, that'd be fantastic. And he had it's interesting that we have these the you know these three small fast guys, but the top two guys who had the longest careers were the big bruisers. Yeah, interesting. Yes. And he had the Italian army, and he had a a beard. How many how many running backs have great beards? Uh, go Franco Harris. Well, hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we're making a pitch for more bearded running backs. More, yeah, you're here. Yeah, come on, Najee, grow that beard out. We need a big, bushy, flowing beard. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for the beard. Come on. Thank you, Paul and Joe. Thanks for checking out the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We'll be back next week, and we're going to focus more on the upcoming season for the Steelers. We're finding some stuff to power rank. Thanks for checking out our show. Have a great day, everybody. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.